I'm Betty Stemfer and welcome to Rhythmology Conversations, the podcast. I believe that success is living by your values. On this podcast, we share our experiences of what it feels like to be uprooted, from the most challenging times to the most inspiring moments. I'm originally from the Ivory Coast and I've been uprooted several times throughout my life. So I have created Rhythmology Conversations as a resource for people like me to feel seen, heard, and supported. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited today to be here with Muriel Romier. One of the blessings of being uprooted is the opportunity of creating a new family. And I'm glad to say that Muriel is part of my new family. And I like to present her as my son's second mom. Muriel was born in France in a city close to Paris. She graduated from the University of Lancaster, England with a master in business. Muriel moved to the US in 1990 where she started working for a company making airbags for cars. She has been a stay-at-home mom for the last decade where other than raising her children, She enjoys indoor rowing and skiing during the winter month. Thank you, Muriel, for being with us today on Rhythmology Conversations. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm so excited to have you here today. Our topic will be to talk about the transformation of being uprooted. But before we jump into the core of our discussion, I would like to ask you, what is your happy meal? The meal that makes you happy. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the one that makes me most happy would be sweetbreads. Oh. Um, in French. Um, oh, I can't even remember. But I love sweetbreads. Is it riz de veau? Riz de veau? Les riz de veau, c'est ça. Yeah. Uh, typically French. You can find them here in the U.S., and this is really my most preferred meal. That's very interesting. Kidovo <laughs> <laughs> is unique, right? Yes. <laughs> People, you have to try that once. Um, yes. Really, really. Uh, you can be surprised by the taste. I think the first time I had it was a few months ago, um, and it was really interesting. Um, yes, yes. Don't look at it uh, until it's cooked. Because yes. <laughs> the texture might be a little, um, you know, pudding. Might... <laughs> <laughs> so once it's cooked with mushrooms and creme fraiche, it is the best thing. Yeah, it's quite delicious, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, Rhythmology Conversations is about our experience of being uprooted. And I would like to ask you to tell me about the time where or when you, you felt uprooted? Um, I studied in England. So I moved to England for two years. And I don't think it was that moment. I really felt uprooted when, after coming back to France, I moved to the US. That was supposed to be a temporary situation. I was not supposed to stay here. I was on a working visa that was renewed several times after the first time around. 
But it was only when I moved to the U.S. that I felt uprooted. What was different? Well, I think England was very close to France. And other than speaking a different language, I felt like I was still in France somewhat, in Europe, definitely. Uh, but when I moved to the U.S., uh, everything was different. The people had a weird accent after speaking Queen's mm -hmm. English for almost my entire life. That was a, a shock. Listening mm -hmm. to the radio was noises in my ears. The country was so big. But it was the very first time that I really felt uprooted here. Probably also because of the distance. Being mm -hmm. so far from France. A time difference. A lot of that made me feel like I was uprooted. It, it almost feels like the physical distance and temporal distance was the most difficult part for you. It was because the way I needed to keep in touch with my family back then um, was very hard. The eight hours time difference made it so that you had to calculate what time it was here, what time it was in France to be able to communicate with my mom and my sister. So that, I think, was the hardest, not being able to pick up the phone whenever. And of course, we didn't have what we have now between emails and FaceTime. So yes, that was the distance was definitely an issue for me. I felt the, the same, I think, also when we, we moved here. There is that distance. And like you said, that feeling of being isolated because mm -hmm. you can no longer connect spontaneously, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it can it can be difficult. It's funny that you, you, you talked about the, the accent because, yeah, in France, we learn British English, right? Yes. And <laughs> You lived in England for so many years. And, yes. <laughs> and I would say that in my experience, the one that was difficult when I moved to the U.S. was the fact that um, I wasn't prepared to have some type of cultural shock. When I first moved from the Ivory Coast to France, yeah, I knew that there would be some type of difference. It wasn't much the distance then. And the fact that it was a different culture for me when I had that first move. Yeah. And when we moved from France to the U.S., in my head, I thought, you know, that the culture will be very close. Especially when you see all those movies on TV. It feels like you know the culture. Yeah. And when we first moved here, oh, that <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. That's true. I mean, England is a small country, just like France. And so when you move here, everything is just so much bigger that you don't have that, that closeness that you have in Europe, where when you just need to go to the grocery store, you pack a bag and you walk. Mm -hmm. Here, you still pack a bag, but you drive. Same thing to go to school. I mean, you just cross the street and you go to school. Here, you need to take the car, you need to take a bus to go to school. So it made it a little more, definitely the isolation was a stronger feeling here than it was in England. Mm -hmm. We didn't try to, um, we didn't try to get in touch with 
l'Alliance française. We didn't try to get in touch with the other French people that lived here in Denver in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that was another point of, but that was conscious. We did it, we did that on purpose, but it was another point of we're away from our culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you mentioned, when you first moved to the US, you directly moved to Denver, Colorado? Yes. Okay. We I arrived here. Um it's kind of a, a cute story. My my dad was a taxi driver in France and he was driving a gentleman that owned a company that had a subsidiary close to my house, and he was driving him from his hotel in Paris to the subsidiary. That gentleman was Turkish, and my dad and him stroke a friendship. And that's how, after England, I ended up coming here to the United States. So I was supposed to come here under a three-year visa, and after that, going back to France. Well, after that, I met my husband. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> like they say, the rest uh, was history. Yes. Several visas and green card, and now we've become American citizens. I've been here 33 years. Oh, this is so wonderful. And I love love stories. <laughs> I'm really a romantic in my heart. <laughs> what, what transformation did you really experience as a result of uh, you being uprooted? Well, I think the transformation didn't come until a, a lot later. I speak French at home. Our first child was born in France. After being here for a little bit, we tried to go back to France, and that was not successful. We were comparing everything to the United States. We were comparing, you know, the freedom of going to the grocery store at 3 a.m. Um, I've never been to the grocery store at 3 a.m., but back then, <laughs> it was <Yeah>. a thing. <laughs> And I think we were lucky to end up in Colorado. We've loved Colorado ever since we moved here. So after having our first child, we came back here on vacation and we were offered our old jobs back. And that's how we came back. I don't think the uprooting came then because being both French, I managed to maintain a French culture at home. We could both speak French at home. Thomas was then raised here, went to the French school. So we definitely had our own little pod of French culture. Now, the uprooting really came later when I realized that my children probably will never move back to France. And therefore, now one of them is married, married to an American. And even though she does her best to speak French or she understands a lot of French, it's where I realized that it's I was uprooted to to the max at that point. I would mm -hmm. never also make it back to France. And my children were no longer, especially Thomas, who was born in France, was no longer uprooted, but more like rerooted into an American culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we call your kids the third culture kids. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to, to have a, yes. a, an episode on that, to see their perspective. Yeah. So 
you felt uprooted when you realized that your children will probably never return to to France. Yes. Or at least for now, the plans are to stay in the U.S. Yes, I'm 99% convinced that they <laughs> will stay in the U.S. They yeah. love going back to France when we usually go around Christmas time. They love to see their cousins. They love to see friends. They love to eat French food. But for them, it's not home. I've always said I'm going home. And once I'm there after the holidays, I come back home. So I come mm. back here to the States. Mm. For them, it's never been home and probably never will be. So home is here in, in the States. It's interesting that you mentioned going back home mm-hmm. and coming back home. So somewhere you have two homes, right? I do have two homes. I I have one where I know I will never go back to live and that's France, but I and home is probably because I say I'm going back home because my dad and my sister still live in the house that I left when I studied in England and I left when I came here to the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's probably more the physical home that I'm talking about when I say I'm going home. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm still in between two homes. Yeah. And I wonder if it was, if it has always been two homes or if it were home, like one home and one day became two homes for you. Uh, No, I mean, as I grow older and, you know, I think, it has always been two homes. I've always said we're going home. And mm-hmm. once there, we're going, we're coming back to the States, which is home. But for me, it's always been two homes. Now, my heart belongs to the United States for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm also 99% sure that I will never move back to France. Mm-hmm. But I love the French culture. We have a lot of family back home. So, that's where I'm still probably in between. Mm-hmm. My husband has a big family. I have a sister. I have niece. My dad is still alive. So it, it is still part of who I am. I, I can relate to that. For me, mm-hmm. it was home, let's say. Home has always been the Ivory Coast until I started my family, my own family oh. here. So I was going back home. Until, you know, my son was born in the Mm. the U.S. until I had my son and actually our U.S. residence became home, right? Mm -hmm. And and a little like you, the U.S. is still home in in my heart. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I didn't become an American until 2008. So... mm -hmm. Then it's just a matter of paperwork. Yes, I had started my family, but I think until the older kids become adult and if you feel like you have to move back to France, for example, or Ivory Coast, and you can pick up everybody and say, okay, let's go back to France for any reason, then your family would be doing that. Now that the children are adult and married, um picking up the family to just say, let's go, would be a lot harder. 
So I think up until the children, the older children were not adults, I don't think, I think I was probably still very in between. Mm. I wouldn't have liked to move back to France because like I said, we love it here. But I think if it had, if it could have happened, then picking up everybody and go would have been doable. Now it's definitely not the case. So you have been uprooted now for for a few years. How yes. would you say it transformed you? What is different for you today? Um, I I think different for me now more through the eyes of my children. I've always been I've always been French first before I was an American. I'm proud of my French passport. <laughs> but that's where I'm in between is that I love the United States. When I became an American, the oath of allegiance struck a chord with me. Mm. The fact that I was to swear that I gave up all loyalty to my French government just... It's not that it didn't sit right. It's just, like I said, stroke a chord with me. I'm like, mm. what if? Mm. Where would I stand if one day something happened between those two countries? Mm. And I don't think I had an answer up until later in life, up until probably now. Um, and I think my allegiance into the United States. Um, and I've seen, and all that is probably through the eyes of my children. Um, I have four. The majority of them were born here. Only mm. one was born in France, but they are American first and foremost. And so I think through their eyes is when I started thinking, well, I'm definitely more American now than than before. Well, this is really profound because there is a uh, no. It's true, right? Because oh, there yes. is this this oh, questioning yes. around your identity. Yes, you know, you were born French. Yes, and but uh, I've always loved to travel. I've mm -hmm. learned English. I've known English my entire life. I was very little when I started learning English. Then I studied German in school. Then Spanish. I've traveled with my parents all over the world and travel was rooted in me. When I told my dad after studying in England that I wanted to stay and work in England, he said, no way, you're coming back to France. Then he's the one who sent me to the United States. So that's where right now he's conflicted with that decision that he made because unfortunately we never came back to France. England would have been a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I had the travel bug. I had the the languages, the cultures. I mean, in me for the longest time. So yes, I've been recruited, but I can adjust very easily. And you know, I came to the United States. The United States adopted me, and so we are happy here. So, what do you love? in the United States? Uh, the freedom. I don't know. We love Colorado. We've traveled throughout the United States, but we love Colorado. We love the mountains. Mm -hmm. We love the weather. 
we loved the easiness at first here in the United States. Nothing is complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, the education was a little bit of an issue uh, when we first started looking for our children. And that's why the first, um, the older two children went to the French school, not knowing back then if we were going to stay in the United States, if it was important for us that they um, could switch back to the French system, um, being on the visa. If we were to go back to France, they needed to be able to adjust quickly. So the first two went to the French school. The youngest two have been in the American system. I don't know. It was just the package about the United States that we loved. Yeah. I hear freedom. I heard freedom several times, actually. Yes. So it's a, it's very interesting because I can really relate to that. Yeah. For me, yeah, um, especially living in Colorado, yeah. uh, I was able to reconnect with myself. Yes. My true self. And that was definitively yes. freedom for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. They don't, I mean, they're, the boundaries, the grids that are uh, set in France coming out of that school or just, I don't know, the easiness here of all of that is is what we loved here. How would you say that your experience in the United States affect who you are today? Hmm. I think it comes back to, again, the freedom. I have the feeling that in France, when you come out of school, you apply for a job, you came out of that school, this is how much money you're going to make, and you're going to work until you're 62, 64. Here in the United States, I feel like your path um, can be different from one day to the next without it being complicated. Mm -hmm. If in France you want to change your career path, I think it would have been a lot different. I didn't change really my career path, but I have a life that I don't think I would have had in France because you need to stay in those patterns, in those grids, um, that here you can just get out of at any moment. So, I mean, I know a lot of math friends who have, you know, starting in marketing, for example, or, and I've completely changed. I mean, a friend of mine started in marketing and then became a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, that path in France would have been probably very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Totally relate to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can definitely understand. And like you said, it's uh, it's this gift of freedom that yes. we were able to get from our experience. And yes, I also noticed something when you were speaking. There is those kind of strengths that help you basically adapt or adjust in the U.S. going over your feeling of being uprooted was your adaptability and your love of, of travel and yeah. discovery, maybe your curiosity somewhere. Yes, yeah. yes. And for me, the U.S. was totally unknown. Being from France, travel to England, travel to uh, Spain, Portugal, travel to Switzerland, traveling to Amsterdam. And, you know, it's close, you're on the train, you're on the plane. 
I traveled across the world. I had no idea what to expect here. Mm -hmm. So the change was brutal. And yet again, because I didn't know anybody here when I arrived, mm -hmm. I started working right away in company, making airbags for cars. And it was, it, everything was different. The people were very welcoming, very curious, mm -hmm. uh, to the point of asking if there was snow in France at the time. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I think I, I adapt pretty easily. It doesn't mean that I'm not scared of the experience or, you know, of the unknown for that matter. But I just love new countries, new languages. I, yes, my love for travel probably just mm -hmm. helped. Yeah. It also requires a, a little bit of courage and faith, maybe. Yes. Yes. Well, I'd say courage, but that one was easy. I spoke English. So at least I spoke the same language once I arrived here. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have had the same experience in a in a country where maybe English would be the second language for everybody. Would I be that comfortable in other countries? I don't know. But English being the language here for me, that it was easy. Mm. Yeah, when you don't speak the language, it's a different story. It doesn't yes. mean you cannot get there, but it's longer. It's, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Wow, time flies. We are yes. almost at the end. Well, I, I want first to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And something I will remember from our conversation is that your experience of being uprooted transformed you in a way that was maybe unexpected. However, you had the gift yeah. of freedom. Yes. And the freedom to forge your own path. Yes. And there is no price on that one. No, exactly. I totally, totally agree with you on that one. I think the country, the, the United States is a country of freedom and it's to be cherished and, you know, shared as much as possible. But yeah, it, it's been an experience for me that I would definitely redo. No regrets. This is awesome. Thank you, Muriel, for your participation again in our You're episode welcome. today. My and pleasure. Yeah, I, I love to continue those conversations. So sure. you might be coming back. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone. And I'll see you in our next episode. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to have more intimate discussions like this, with other uprooted individuals. Go ahead and join my free discussion groups by signing up on my website, bettystamford.com. You will receive an invitation and a Zoom link to join our next discussion group, wherever you are in the world. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Stay tuned for our next Brutology conversation. Thank you so much for listening.